Hey everybody, welcome to Amateur Hour. I uh, just want to take a quick moment, send out uh, our love and support, thoughts and prayers to James Winchester and his family uh, with the passing of his father. Um, also want to get some of the formalities out of the way. Thanks to Joel Thorman and Arrowhead Pride for hosting us. Uh, thanks to all of you for your support. Uh, you can go over to iTunes, rate and review the show, give us a five-star review, be a big help. Uh, we will also... Obviously, be more than happy to accept your donations at paypal.me slash ahpkc. Today was a bummer, but the Chiefs are doing awesome, so let's talk some football. From the minds of Ryan Scott Hall and his darkness and presented in part by Arrowhead Pride. Lamar Hunt, Arrowhead Stadium, tailgating, Marty Ball, and King Carl. Marcus Allen, Montana Magic, Mile High Miracles. Oh, baby, what a play. Derek Thomas and Neil Smith, Casey Wolf, Jason Whitlock and Joe Piznanski. Dick Vermeil, Trent Green, Tony G, Priest Holmes, the greatest offensive line ever assembled, and even the no-punt game. Herm, then Haley and Pioli in the Patriot Way, 27-7, Candy Wrappers, Romeo, and Airplanes. Be safe and be easy. Andy, Alex, DJ Specials, Puff Puff Pass Rush, Travis Kelsey, Jamal freaking Charles. We're Raider haters. We despise the donkeys, and red is always our Sunday best. If Home of the Chiefs gives you chills, you're in the right place. If this song means touchdown, you're in the right place. Whether you're in Kansas City, Bogota, London, Moscow, or Memphis, right now, it's football season. And buddy, you're listening to Amateur Hour. That's right, folks. You're listening to Amateur Hour. Welcome in. You've got Ryan Scott Hall and my best good buddy, his Dirkness. So, his Dirkness. I want to talk to so, you real quick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's, before, well, yeah, we're going to talk for a while. Well, yeah, obviously. But real quick, before we like really dive in, um, deep dive in, I'm sure. Oh, deep diving off, off um, the bat here. Uh, no, but uh, I, I, I really want to start with... Just like the last couple minutes of, I say the game, but like the games on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just want to review this with everybody because, like, I don't know what everyone else's experience is like. Um, I mean, I would say that when it comes to like at home football watching, you are maybe a bit more high strung than I am. Um, <laughs> when I end up out in the parking lot, like, all bets are off. Yep. Uh, but usually at home, like I'm pretty mild mannered. Um, I'm, I'm way more mild mannered than I used to be. I'll say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't broken anything in a few years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but so the the last, I mean, really, I guess just the last what ten minutes of the game or so, because we kicked the second field goal with like ten minutes left, right? Is that, uh, is that about yeah, right? That sounds right. So it's seventeen to six. six. Yes. Um, I don't, I can't recall, and we're not professionals, so who cares? By um, name, we're not. Right. By definition, um, we're exactly. not professionals. I don't, I don't know if it was like the ensuing possession that we got the pick six on. It was. It was? Yep. Okay. 
Um, so I guess just a few plays later, um, on third down, Bob Sutton sends the, uh, I believe it's technically called the A-gap blitz. With um, both safeties. But yeah, so it's Sorensen and Ron Parker. <laughs> this, this like double safety blitz um, through the middle of the offensive line and Cam ends up on his back foot and just makes it I don't, a terrible decision. Yeah, like, one of the worst throws you'll see all season given the, the situation, like the scoring situation, like mid-fourth quarter, Chiefs not able to move the ball in offense at all, an 11-point lead, like you just cannot make that throw. I don't, and it's like I don't even really know what he was looking for. I mean, I, I, will, I, I will say this. Um, the reason that I think everyone got so elated toward the end of that game is like, I mean, you walked into halftime and even after like kicking that field goal to close out the half and knowing we were getting the ball, I was just like, dude, we're getting dominated. Yeah. Dominated. Like Kim was playing great. Um, and it seemed like all they had to do was just like run slants and our corners couldn't get in front of them to make a play on the ball. And as much as I think we both walked into that game expecting Carolina to try to ram it down our throats because they're an effective running team, and the Chiefs, as we've talked about many times before, have been their bottom five in the NFL. They're bottom three in yards per carry in the NFL um, as far as the defense allowing. Yeah. And so just with as poorly as we played against the run, I didn't expect Carolina to come out and try to throw the ball, and they did, and they were beating us by doing it. I mean, do you think they came out trying to throw? I mean, they tried to run the ball, I think, and we just, the, yeah. the run defense was stouter than all of us could have imagined. Like, I think that was definitely the biggest surprise of the game was Carolina not able to move the ball on the ground, but able to through the air. Well, um, I, I suppose that in some way they committed to it. Um, oddly enough, both quarterbacks threw the same number of passes on Sunday, Um Cam had 12 carries for 54, and yeah, the, one the of run those was stats, 28. The run defense stats don't end up being that good because of the Cam Newton yards. And it was mainly the 28-yarder that yeah, Cam had. The very beginning. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, Jonathan Stewart, like, your your primary runner for them was 13 for 39. Yep. Like, pr- pretty, pretty rough day. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I think that... Anyways, back back to like those last couple minutes. Obviously, the Eric Berry interception and return was awesome. We were really hyped up, but it was still at that point. It's like, man, we've got work to do. And I think that if I remember correctly, the tweet that I sent out said something to the effect of like, sooner or later, you're asking too much of this defense because the defense like kept getting stops. Yeah, the Panthers had that twenty play drive that ended in a punt. Yeah, and you're talking about where we were. I think that was I think that was kind of the low of the season was that twenty play drive. And obviously, you look at Pittsburgh first, but that was over so quickly. Yeah, that I never really we never even got into the game. It was just kind of like we didn't show up. Okay, game's over. It's lost. Uh, this was we were in the game, and the Carolina started on that drive, and it's just like all right, we got to get a stop, and it was just third and four. Third and six, third and six, and it was just converted every time. And it was just, like, so frustrating to watch. It was like, okay, here's our chance, here's our chance, let down again. Okay, here's our other chance, let down again. It was just over and over and over. And we should say the first 20-play drive in NFL history to end in a punt. So we we made history in one way on Sunday. Well, and so you – at that point it was – that was – was it seventeen to three at that point? Then yes, 
Okay, so the defense gets the stop, and then the Chiefs go on a nice drive of their own and end up stalling. Um, and and so you, then you're just more frustrated, and it's like, I think that was when Alex... That was the Alex missed, missed Conley. Kelsey right? wide open in the end zone on the play before. Okay. Didn't throw to him. And then Conley wide open in the end zone. And it was this, was it the same as Kelsey in the end zone? I think that was the one. No, final I think drive. those were that was yeah, the final those drive. were different. So had Kelly like Kelsey running the the shot of him just all by himself in the end zone. And the very next play, Conley's r- pretty much runs the exact same route. Yeah, it was like run, and this time Alex corner route this time Alex throws to him and throws too high. Uh, Alex was really bad on Sunday. We're gonna talk about that. I yeah. didn't want to just like start talking quarterbacks after all the backlash for sure. People are not wanting to hear us talk about Nick Foles. Um, so we'll just talk specifically about Alex this week. Um, but I, there, there was a lot of disappointment. And so ultimately, the Chiefs end up tying the game. It's 17-17. Um, you assume that the Panthers are just, you know, maybe they're going to three and out and punt because we had our timeouts. Um, but, like, at this point, it's just like we're going overtime. There's like 30 seconds left in the game. The play that everyone at this point has now seen, the throw to Kelvin Benjamin, and he collides with Peters, and Peters strips the ball. Um, the moment inside of your living room was <laughs> like it was it was so insane. I mean, I think that we were just like he tackled him, and then like the camera sort of followed Peters. Yeah. And, you know, you see Peters, like, he even had a couple times during the game where he tried to break on the ball to get the interception and missed it. Yeah. And so, like, because he's, he's like, such a, a playmaker when it comes to that, the camera following him is, like, that's almost just instinctual at this point. Um, but, I mean, there's that, that couple seconds of just, like, complete unknown of what's happening. And I think we, you, like, had grabbed me. And it was like in slow motion, and then it's like he's got the ball, and and that's all I remember. I blacked out. Um, Actually, I didn't black out. He punted it into into the into the stands, and all three of us were like, "What are you? What? What are you doing?" Nobody could complete a thought because. It was so perplexing up top. You couldn't comprehend how good of a play it was and how dumb of a play it was at the same time. And I just kept, I kept yelling, fucking, and I tried to get something out and I couldn't because I couldn't crucify him because he just made the play. So I couldn't just be like, you fucking idiot, because he just made the play. So I just yelled fucking over and over. I I think it took everyone a while to, to, like you said, almost like comprehend what happened. Um, I haven't been able to spend much time on Twitter or or really spend much time like listening to local media. I tried to on Monday and it's I've just been I've been too busy. So I haven't I haven't been able to consume what I would like. They've been talking about um, Marcus Peters. And that's, believe it or not. And that's the thing is that um, from what I have seen and what I have listened to a little bit, it seems like Peters has suddenly become like a hot button issue. Um, I did see our good friend uh, Nick Wright go pretty hard at Kevin Keatsman, um, which I mean, it's awesome. 
great. I'm, I'm all about that. Uh, but I don't, I don't want to get into the debate about Marcus Peters being a net positive because I think that that should be like abundantly clear for everybody. He's, it is for us, yeah. Yeah. Um, what's what is very interesting to me about that moment, like that particular moment in time, making that play and then punting the ball. Um, I I do not want to gloss over the fact that. Had it not been a five-yard penalty, I think everyone would have a very, very different reaction, including his teammates. Even if we still would have won the game, I think people would have been even harder on him. Yes. And there's a few things, you know, they're always kind of, our, our boy Parkins is always talking about result versus process or whatever. Right. And it's like nothing changes from what Peters does. It could have been five yards, could have been 15 yards. I heard them say it could have been a 70-yard penalty and the Chiefs still have the ball, so, like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, that was kind of Danny's take on it. Um, but, I mean, it, we kind of look at it through the result. It didn't ultimately matter because it was five yards. The Chiefs were still in field goal range, and then the next run from Spencer Ware negated it all. Um, but it, he could have had the exact same action. It could have been 15 yards. Chiefs throw two incomplete passes and don't get the field goal, and then we go to overtime, and it's 50-50 game at that point. Probably less than 50-50 because our offense couldn't move the ball. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of it's it is kind of a funny debate looking at it like that. But I, I don't. I'm not. I just thought it was. I thought it was very interesting too that I I'm pretty sure it was Mellinger that said that he asked like 13 random Chiefs in the locker room, and every one of them was like, I had no idea it was only a five yard penalty. And and it wasn't like Peters had like known that it was only five yards. And made the deliberate choice. Yeah. <laughs> it's worth it. Well, and I still don't know if this is correct, but I think CBS was saying, I don't know because we were screaming too much. Right. But I think CBS was saying if he does it in the field, it's five yards because it's a delay of game. Like if you get up and spike the ball. Whereas if he does it on the sideline out of the play, it'd be 15 yards. No. Really? I, I think that's how I understand it. Huh. So that's if, what that's somebody was. So I think it was he was saying that because he was still on the grass. Because, yes. it was a five yard. That's, and if he would have been on the sideline, somebody was saying. Been, I'm pretty sure it was the broadcast saying that. Really? Yeah. As in, but it, that, there's so okay. much. There's so much going on at the moment. I can't remember who was saying what, but I, I definitely heard. All right. That line of reasoning. Well, and clearly we did not fact check that. Fuck that. Um, so if somebody wants I to go out and do that, that shit. or you know Dean Blandino wants to help us out, um, I tweeted. He didn't tweet, return. He didn't return my tweets. A H P K C Dean. We know you're listening. Uh, I I just I wanted to at the very least like just kind of discuss that that specific moment. Um, it went from. There was this, just like those those couple seconds of like, we don't really know what's happening to like, oh my God, he has the ball to like, oh my God, what is he doing? Why did you do that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was it was just such a, a crazy thing, but like... And to do it the week after everybody saw him do it the previous week. And not get penalized. And not get penalized. <laughs> like, why is this a trend? Why is Peter just punting the ball over and over? Uh, apparently he was his high school's punter. There you go. Um, maybe he wants to create some kind of a rivalry with Marquette King, who's like kind of yeah. kind of hot right now. He is hot. Um, I just uh, I I love Marcus Peters as I mean, you should. Generally speaking, as we all should. I, I think it's not like he can do no wrong, but I mean, no, he's very flawed. He's he's like he's Allen Iverson or something. Yeah, I mean that's that's actually kind of a good cross sport comparison. Uh, I just. I had I had as much 
fun on Sunday as I think I've had like watching a football game in a long time. Me too. And, I, I and, and, that, and that fun lasted for such a short period of time, but yeah. it was still so fun yeah. that it was just like, I mean, we sat there for 30 minutes, 45 minutes after the game, and we were kind of like chit-chatting and like scrolling Twitter and stuff, and it was just like, every time I'd like look up or, or have a coherent thought, it would just be like, that was insane. Yeah. How, I, did, how, did that, how did we win that game? I went on a walk later that night and definitely was like, that this will be a game that we... Remember, like I will remember that moment, and you haven't even touched on. We're rocking the two TV setup, which proved ultimately necessary at that time because at the exact same time that's going on, you have the Saints scoring to tie it up, kicking the extra point, which is blocked, and then return for a touchdown. The Broncos win off that, the foot out of bounds. So we're just simultaneously watching both with such high stakes. And it was just like, it was, I, I described it as a six-minute orgasm of football in, in our living room. We just, we just both, we all three stood, it's us and my buddy Dave, and we're all three just standing around the TV just yelling nonstop. I don't even know if we sat down, like, basically post, or I guess during Eric Berry's interception, yeah. it yeah. was just like, we couldn't even sit down yeah. anymore. It's on at that point. Um, it's just such a, such a fun day, and you know, when there's... Uh, you know, stuff going on in the world or in your personal life or whatever, like that's the kind of stuff that people love about sports. And I thought that Sunday was just like an awesome time to be able to enjoy that. Uh, I, I have a, a, quite a few things that I want to get to today, like specific stuff. Me too. Um, I want to start with something because we're kind of on this topic right now. Sure. And I kind of want to lead off with this. Please. It's an Andy Reid point. Um... I have been very harsh in the past of Andy Reid and his game-slash-clock management, as is everybody. I mean, he's pretty much a national punchline at this point. How many times have I bitched you about clock or game management situations this season? Um, I mean, I would say, to answer that question as directly as possible, uh, I, don't rem- I don't recall you doing it. Yeah, I don't um, know if that, I have done it. That might be like... You know, a recency bias. I certainly don't remember you doing it any time recently, but the Chiefs have also won five games in a row right now. But I was still um, doing during wins, I mean, last year and two years ago. I mean, it's something that I closely watch. I will. I also want to point out, uh, for those of you that listened to Bill Simmons and Cousin Sal, they talked about the Chiefs a decent amount this week. Um, more than usual, which is just like the Chiefs won. Um, they... And, and Sal asked the question almost rhetorically. He said, is it possible that Andy Reid is just out coaching people every week right now? Because the Chiefs are like, like we're not really playing great, honestly, on well, the field. Well, you could say we have three wins where we're uh, pretty definitively the worst team on the field that day. Yeah. I mean, San Diego, Jacksonville, Carolina. Each of the last two weeks, like... No statistical rhyme or reason yeah. to the Chiefs winning. It's when I mean, we were the worst team, worst team on the field that day, and we came out victorious. Three three different games this year, yeah, which is strange. But yeah, I think the expected win total on Pro Football Reference right now, the Chiefs are supposed to be five and five and five and four or something like that. Huh. Five and a half and three and a half, maybe. I can see that. Something like that. So this is something I complain about. It's something I probably pay too much attention to. Because I'm I'm a math based person. I have math in my in my blood, you could say. Uh, I think there's a chance he might have fixed his ways. 
And I would go as far as to say he dominated the clock management down the half of that game. The Chiefs had all three timeouts in, in down the stretch. Um, I kind of have some plays listed out here. So we have all three timeouts. The, the Panthers have the ball when it's tied. This is after the Chiefs tie the game. They got a second and three. D Ford stuffs that read option, you know, where he like tackles the Cam running back and, and then tackles Stewart or or which I think he tackled the running tackled back. Tackled Stewart first and then Cam. And then like threw the running back and, and tackled Cam. So then you got the two minute warning, it's third and five. Cam throws incomplete. It's a huge play. Chiefs get the ball back, minute forty seven. You want to run the ball there, you want to get the clock moving. So that you have total control of this clock, you have the last possession of the game. They do it, they have a safe completion, goes for first down. Down to a minute 16. Then we get Alex's double pass. Uh, I mean, the end of this game is just insane, so I just want to stay on this. The double pass, which was... I mean, Alex has to know the rule. <laughs> I love that he said... I, he's like, I think every referee in the stadium threw a penalty. <laughs> it's like, I think everybody flagged it. And then the great part, it's only a five-yard penalty with no loss of down. That's like not even a penalty. I mean, it's, that's I'd rather yeah. have first and fifteen than second and ten. When we saw that, um, that that was amazing. It was like, whoa, wait, what? It's fir- it's just first and fifteen. Awesome, <laughs> awesome. So then the next play, we throw short to Tyreek because you want to get the clock moving again because you're afraid the Panthers still have two timeouts at this point. You're afraid the Panthers are going to get the ball back and win in regulation. Throw short to Tyreek. He fumbles, and it goes out of bounds. Another crazy play. And the clock runs. And the clock runs, I guess because he fumbles inbound. I, I think because then you'd have offensive players just fumbling, just throwing right. the ball he inbounds. He would have been down inbounds, but the ball was not recovered, so they're just going to go to base. Well, say if like, you wanted the clock stopped, then you're running towards the sideline, and someone's about to tackle you, just throw it out of bounds. Right. And then clock right. stop. So the clock runs on that, uh, or Panthers call timeout, or, or no, they don't. Then we go second and 16, take a sack, then Panthers take a timeout, third and 20. We complete the pass, get the clock rolling again. Panthers call timeout. Uh, huge cold quit punt plus a penalty. Panthers get at their own 20-yard line. 29 seconds left, but Chiefs have all three timeouts. And I don't know if you saw this or how much people have seen this, but Ron Rivera said because Chiefs had all their, three of their timeouts <laughs> and because their <coughs> punter was out, mm-hmm. that they decided to go for the win at that point. That's not an easy... That's almost... I mean, not impossible, but that's really no tough. Timeouts. 29 seconds, no timeouts at your own 20. Well, and I right when they were starting that, I mean, I I said aloud, like, we need to not let them get out of bounds, and we need to spy Cam. Like, I, we can't just mm-hmm. try to cover the boundaries because Cam will, you know, run for 40 yards or something, and then they can spike it. Like, you don't... You don't want to let them do that. And they the had enough is, time to be able to sort of use the middle of the field, but like sort of, and they threw the middle of the field. I mean, that mm-hmm. he would have been tackled in bounds for like twelve yards there, I think. Yeah. And so then you're looking at getting the next playoff with what ten seconds left. I mean, it's a very low chance they're going to score. So I don't. I'd kind of question it, but because had Chiefs had all three of their timeouts, they couldn't just kneel it. Otherwise, the Chiefs might get another chance. Yeah. So it's just back and forth here. The pendulum swinging. Timeouts give you ultimate control, and Andy having all three timeouts and using them effectively. In difficult situations down the stretch, I thought it was just really impressive how he managed the game. And I haven't seen any errors from him all season. He gets a really bad rap for it. So I think that's a huge, huge point. And I think it's possible. Somebody tweeted this at me, and I can't remember who. So, you know, tweet at me, ask this, whatever, and I'll send you uh, my my game-worn socks from from the Chiefs-Panthers game. Uh, But somebody theorized, like, maybe Andy kind of looked in the mirror after that New England game. That was kind of a travesty down the stretch. 
And I think it's possible. I think it's possible. Um, I, so I, Andy might have turned a corner in, in the clock in, which is his biggest flaw by far. So if he fixes that flaw, I mean, we're looking at, I mean, we already consider him, what, a top 10 coach, top 5 coach, top 3 coach? I mean, he's, Andy's just fantastic. And then I got a stat that's going to go along with this, but you got thoughts on that? It's more of a transitional thought. Okay. Well, here's the stat that was floating around, and you might not have seen this, but everybody else probably seen it already. Since Andy Reid has got here, the 2013 Chiefs through now, 39 wins, 19 losses. The 2006 Chiefs through the 2012 Chiefs, 39 wins, 74 losses. Hmm. The same number of wins in three and a half years compared to seven years with 55 fewer losses. That's pretty awesome. 55 fewer losses. That's amazing. Um, listen, bless, bless Andy Reid and John Dorsey. I don't, I don't know how anyone can not be a fan of theirs, but bless them. I, I would love to fully embrace and say, you know what, Andy is just doing a phenomenal job across the board. Um, included, like, maybe the, uh, more of a vacuum of that stat. Um, I did see that basically since week seven of last year against Pittsburgh, the Chiefs are 18-3. and three. They forced 48 turnovers, and they've only given 15 away. We are plus 33 in the last 21 games. It's it's pretty incredible what they're doing. Amazing. Um, I will. I, I, do, got, I got further stats on that when we when we, we deep yeah, dive later. Right. This, this that's just uh, just get get guys warmed up. Oh yeah. Just dipping the toe in. And we both got stats out the wazoo today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I I I want to retort with this. Um, we know it is it is well publicized, and we'll we'll get a little deeper into it. But the Chiefs are not good in the red zone. No. Terrible in the red zone. Correct. Um, and that is in some way, shape, or form on Andy. And I don't know if that's a continued pattern. I didn't like dive deep enough to look at like previous years. I've got some. But I know that they're really bad at it right now. And I, I will say this. Uh, we walked into the season thinking that the offense was going to be better. We didn't know how to quantify that. You would ask the question, like, if we're already a top 10 scoring offense, like, where where are we supposed to get better? Yeah. Maybe, like, more efficient or something, yeah. but, like, are we going to score that much more? Like, what's, you know, what does better even mean in that scenario? Yep. Um, but I think that any reasonable person can agree at this point that we've played, like, crap on offense. Yep. And we have a ton of injuries, and in a lot of ways... It seems like the team has been kind of uncharacteristic in terms of mistakes a little bit. Don't get me wrong, we're not like turning the ball over a lot, um, but we've had plenty of fumbles. It's not just it's not just the interceptions that you think. You know, Alex's number might still seem low, but we've had a little, quite a few giveaways on fumbles on offense. Um, so, I with with that being said, this team can get better. There are a lot of things that they can clean up, especially, specifically, on offense. The question is, will they? And, I mean, that's completely unknown. But I think that that's where I'm at right now. I'm so beyond satisfied with what the defense is doing. And there is so much more reason for optimism 
because of what you're looking at with the potential for, for Justin Houston coming back. Um, but I, I also want to point out that, you know, we just played a game without Jay Howard. We've played a few weeks without DJ White. And the team is just, like, having to figure it out. At that corner is just a rotating body. Yeah, we saw Kenneth Acker, the next man up this week. Yeah. Because um, Gaines goes out with an injury every week. Yeah, there's people are kind of upset with him not being able to be healthy. Um, and I think, honestly, the biggest reason that people are upset, and in some ways, like, maybe taking it out on Philip Gaines a little bit, like, he's made a class, and, like, they, they get a little grouchy, it's because when he's in there, he's good. Yeah. It's frustrating. I don't know how you can be mad at a person for getting hurt. I don't think it's... I mean, maybe if you want to go as far as not, he's not training hard enough, but I don't... I ain't ready to say that. I mean, if some people are just injury-prone. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I, I do want to say, I think... One of the big problems that the team has been having offensively, if I had to try to identify it, um, I, I once again have to go back to Todd Haley talking about wanting to eliminate negative plays. That was one of the first things that he was doing when he was trying to uh, increase the talent on the team and make the team a little more consistent. It was like, we've got all these penalties and we're having, you know, you, you have a bad first down or you have a bad second down and you get yourself in bad positions. Um, and Andy Reid talked about on Monday, he said, I mean, listen, the last two weeks we were like one of 14 on third down and they were two of 12, um, on Sunday against Carolina. And a lot of that has to do with penalties. So in the first half, the chiefs had seven penalties for 35 yards, seven, five yard penalties, four false starts, I believe. Right. And, and then there were like a couple defensive holdings that, like took it from there was the on D Ford offsides too, where it went from third and ten to third and five. Mm. Um, and I don't remember one of them was a Philip Gaines holding. There was a they never showed it. We had four false starts: Philip Gaines defensive holding, Marcus Peters defensive holding, and D Ford jumping offsides. Okay. Those were the seven. Penalties and they showed the, the Peters one. It was kind of weak, but I think they're all um, weak. So I don't, I don't. The Chiefs. Don't ask me. The Chiefs finished with nine penalties for forty-five yards. Those two penalties in the second half. Alex's second pass, and Marcus Peters punting the ball. <laughs> so, so I do. I I want to like jump on with you on look at some like look at what this team is able to do because like the ship was wrecked at halftime, and they made some pretty awesome adjustments at the very least to just stop, just stop screwing things up. Do you think the Chiefs have a penalty problem? Um, I, I think that they're, I said uncharacteristic mistakes because, um, we... I think that's fair, but one of my stats, where do you think the Chiefs rank in penalty yardage? Penalty yardage? Yeah. Uh, I don't know, they're probably good. First. Oh. How, did, is there, first. A, is there a number of penalties? Uh, yeah, they weren't first in it. I mean, they're they're up there, not first, top, <laughs> top five, I think. Actually, okay. I, didn't, I didn't see. Okay, well, I mean, and it, but I, I agree because we, I mean, we look back at some of those games and they're getting in too many third and longs. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just it might just be more negative plays than you're thinking instead of penalties. It might, yeah, it might be horizontal passes yeah. and just like some, you know, some of that stuff that we do trying yeah. to to spread but teams I, out wide. No, but I agree with you. I mean, we're we're terrible on third downs. I mean, in this game, two of twelve on third downs, and I mean. Yeah, and then one of fourteen the week before. Like you can't, you can't have that. Yeah, you can't have that. The Chiefs what, are two twelve and one of fourteen. Yeah. Woo. Um. I mean, we're we're really really fortunate 
to be where we're at right now, especially after the last two weeks. Have a defense? Um, I just... Another quick thing on the offense. I think that we struggle without Jeremy Macklin on the field, even if he's not making plays. And I don't know if it's just because the difference has to... I, I would say that, obviously, when he's healthy at this point, like the the third receiver that is sort of the odd man out is Albert Wilson. Uh, but if you look at the snap count, that may not bear itself out that way. Uh, but I just think that like if, if what you're doing is upgrading from essentially Albert Wilson to Jeremy Macklin, even if the targets for Macklin aren't there and it's still like throwing the ball to Kelsey and Tyreek and Chris Conley and the running backs, like it's, it's almost just having him out there, just having him as a decoy to try to draw attention. I mean, his numbers are not great. They're not. No. No, it's, I mean, it's definitely important. I think it's just an attention uh, point. Like he, he draws the attention of the defense. But, I mean, we weren't seeing it. I mean, Conley and Albert Wilson were complete non-factors in that game. Tyreek Hill is our only outside option. And he had a huge day. He had a big game. But, I mean, all of his plays were like, I mean, what was his deepest catch, you think? Six yards? Well, he, he had what? Did he have ten catches? Is that right? Something like that. But it was, it was like always 10 like a for eighty nine. It was always like a three yard pass, and I was like, okay, Tyreek, now make someone mix, which is a good offense. I mean, it was fun. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's not a good offense. I should say it's a. It it's was, a good offense. It's effective when nobody else is working. Yeah. Five um, yards in a cloud of dust. If I mean, if Colleen Albert Wilson can't do anything, then then you go to that, and at least you have it, I guess. Um, but it's it's kind of interesting that we just can't throw the ball really. Can't convert on third downs. Can't throw to the outside. Is is it fair to ask if Alex is having a disappointing season? Disappointing season. Um, let's 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 go there. You you want to go there? I'll go there. I'm gonna go there. Um, I want everybody to dedicate a little bit of time right now. I want you to open up your mind, and I want you to think about. All the positions that the Chiefs have lost bodies at. Not just important, but like even depth. I mean, Rameek Wilson is one of five or six different linebackers to play this season, and he's playing well. That's fantastic. But you look that just that one position, you look at all the injuries that they're dealing with. Um, but across the board, all of the different people that are having to contribute. And I want you to remember that none of those positions played anywhere near as poorly as Alex Smith did on Sunday. Like, it's a bad pass defense. And, and, and I, am, I am not anti-Alex Smith. I actually have a tendency to defend Alex Smith. I like him. I have said, I think... Almost exclusively since he got here, I do think we can win a Super Bowl with Alex Smith. Um, but I want to point out something. Not just that they have dealt with a lot of injuries and all of those other positions are playing better than Alex is so far this season. I also want to take a quick moment. Before the game started, CBS, I couldn't tell you who, who it was. I don't know if it was Dan Fouts or the other guy. Um... Spiroditis? Is that who it is? I don't know. Um, I just wanted to say Spiroditis. 
Dees. Spiro Dees. <clears throat> I friend want of, friend of the show, Spiro Dees. It's it's important that everyone think about this quotation and and just kind of what it what it sounds like. And this is speculation on my part, but I heard them say that. And I I guess this is coming from the Chiefs. By the NFL's definition, he, Alex, did not have a concussion. That sounds like a sales pitch. And whether he actually had a concussion or not, Alex got his bell rung twice. And he has like a cut on his face. His ear. And his ear is still messed up. And he I wore mean, a new helmet. And, and whether, whether he was rusty and rattled and foggy and whatever, like there is... Very valuable speculation. It is not unreasonable to assume that Alex, even though he does have a family, and he mentioned that, he has a wife that likes to spout off on Twitter a little bit. Um, He's got children. I get it. I get all of that. Alex is also a football player. He loves the game, and he's a competitor. And I don't think that Alex wants to, in any way, shape, or form, put his job in jeopardy because of a concussion again. He learned from that experience... He doesn't want to have it happen twice, and he's willing to go out there and and maybe not when he's quite ready. Yeah, again, the, the valuable context here is is Alex getting a concussion in San Francisco during his best season, during with his best team. Colin Kaepernick coming in, playing well, and Alex never getting his job back, and watching that team with his backup go to the Super Bowl and oh. lose by four yards. Yeah. I, that's, that's very very valuable context. So I, if, if you're floating the idea that he's cheating the concussion protocol, I would absolutely agree. Uh, I would not be surprised if he's cheating the concussion protocol or the team in some way is maybe trying to help him do that. Um, I mean, that I'm, I'm telling you, by the NFL's definition, he didn't have a concussion. That's a sales pitch. That's exactly what that is. And I just, I mean, Alex has played eight games this year. Seven and a half, technically. We know that Alex is not um, like a, a big time touchdown thrower. What's his his season high with the Chiefs? Twenty four or something? Yeah, twenty two, I think. But yeah, yeah. I mean, he's got he's just eight through eight starts. Eight, eight touchdowns. Yeah, I, I went through uh, Alex's stats, kind of compared them to where he's been the last three years and where he is this year. Attempts, he's up. Completion percentage, he's actually up. Yards, up. TDs, down. Interceptions, same. Yards per attempt, down. Sacks, down. So, I mean, generally speaking, he's having a good season. He's throwing more, so there's been more volume, but he hasn't been as efficient. Okay. Is what I would say, because his yards per attempt is down. That's that's one of my favorite stats. Completion percentage, it was barely up, but it was a little bit up. His number of sacks taken is way down, which... Is that suggests the offensive line is better, and maybe Alex is doing a better job. Okay, but I think it's I think that's a Mitch Schwartz stat right there, and, uh, and Eric Fisher improvement stat. But I'm kind of with you. I mean, eight touchdowns is pretty pretty measly, uh, and just one, one of the worst games. And he's had a lot of bad games this year. I mean, we, people love to talk about the consistency of Alex Smith. He's been anything but consistent this year. Uh, I feel like he was great in the Oakland game. Uh, that's been his one real good game. Or the San Diego, I guess you got to say, a great quarter. Doesn't the San Diego game just look like this? It's such a strange outlier, and I mean, it's not. I guess it's not even necessarily the game. It is like that that quarter. Yeah, 
the offense just like suddenly clicked, and whether they found something yeah. in San Diego's defense or they found something together, like can we watch that again? <laughs> I mean, that's that's what we talked about. Was like we were nervous for the first three quarters or so of like eh, this offense is supposed to be better. We know we don't have Jamal, whatever, and then like boom. And I, we haven't really seen it again. Yeah, and then we came on and talked about how it's a new Chiefs team and yada yada, and we're back to the exact same 2013 He's got good numbers Chiefs. against the Saints. I mean, not a lot of yardage, but good numbers. Okay. Seven His Raiders yards. game stands out above above the rest, I would say. Mm-hmm. But uh, I also want to talk about on the, uh, the Jason Cole report, I guess you could say. Uh, I thought this was pretty important. Uh, he came out with like a little... What twelve second video or something for Bleacher Report? <laughs> you did ask me. You were like, "Hey, did you watch that video?" Like, it 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 was like someone typed a couple sentences. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and he he did some voiceover. But the reason this is important, uh, we talked about this on Sunday. If you had to say Andy Reid's number one guy in the media, I think we both would say it's Jason Cole. Uh, when we were down in Mobile. Uh, for the for the uh, what is it Senior Bowl? The Senior Bowl in uh, twenty. 14, I guess, the year that we drafted Fisher. And so we're hanging out in the stands wanting to meet Andy Reid. And he's talking off on the side to Jason Cole for 30, 40 minutes. I mean, we just sat there and watched like, God, when is he going to be done here? And Andy had only been our coach at that point for like a month. Yep. I mean, it was, that was February I of... think, And I think Jason Cole originated from Philadelphia. I don't... I, don't, I think that's... Maybe now? I don't know. I, didn't, I, I That was a, like a... I don't know. Okay. Not a... You're wrong. I think he goes back to his days in Philly is why they're close. So he comes out and basically says there's a chance the Chiefs look to move on from Alex Smith after this year. And we've kind of talked about this. It's the first year the Chiefs can get out from under the contract. He's owed $17 million, but basically $7 million of dead money. So it's possible, but probably not likely. But he floats the idea that the Chiefs think to get over the hump, they might have to address the quarterback situation. And this is the first time, oh, and then, so he's on with Danny, he's on Danny's show, and Danny asks him, is that coming from you? Is that coming from, like, the league? Or is that coming from inside the Chiefs? And he says, all of them. Yeah. So it's the, kind of the first time we've ever seen the idea floated that the Chiefs would be willing to move on from Alex Smith. And you couple that with the weird situation with the concussion, and ruling him out on Wednesday, even though he didn't have a concussion, and like taking a look at Foles, you could say, uh, and it's just kind of interesting. Uh, it's an interesting situation. I don't want to spend too much time on it because I'm more than focused on 2016, and we'll deal with this after. But I think it's definitely uh, worth checking out, worth thinking about, worth yeah. looking into. I think we can we can end that conversation on this. This is the first time anyone other than local Kansas City media has ever suggested that the Chiefs might be looking elsewhere as far as a quarterback is concerned. No one else has ever said a word about it. Yep. Plenty of talk inside of Kansas City. And so in that vacuum, people are probably really irritated and just like, I don't, I don't want to hear it anymore. I had to hear it for a year or two, and now I am comfortable and happy with Alex, so shut up. Um, but... It just, it, uh, I'll just think about it a little bit. Yeah. Just think about it a little bit. Yeah. And, and the big topic on Danny's show today was talking about how the Chiefs draft a year ahead of need and the quarterbacks are sliding down the, the first round board, it kind of looks like. So it might be the year for the Chiefs to take that quarterback at like 25. Might be the year for it. 
man, that's those these last three draft picks from John Dorsey are looking great. Even John Dorsey's bad draft picks are good now. Yeah. That's how that's the evaluation of John Dorsey. Even his bad picks are great now. D four, defense player of the year candidate. <laughs> Eric Fisher. Every time I'm ready to like shit on Eric Fisher, because believe me, I'm ready to shit on Eric Fisher. <laughs> he, he had like a couple bad plays against Carolina. Like, oh, here it comes, Eric Fisher. He's gonna blow this game. Didn't hear from him the rest of the game. Yeah. Eric Fisher's turned a corner, and I still might not agree with the contract philosophically, but he's turning into a good tackle. Yeah, and I mean, just knowing that as long as he's healthy, essentially you're looking at you have your tackles for the next five years or six years, yeah. and, and they should be playing at a, a well above average level. Um, I, I like what Dorsey's doing. Let's uh, let's take a quick second. We'll be right back. Okay, we're back, and just in time for the deep dive. Let's take a deep dive. Mmm. Mmm. Oh yeah. Mmm. Important to exhale. You breathe normally underwater. That's how you do it, folks. Oh yeah. Thanks for taking this deep dive, folks. With us, we're going to take a closer look at some stats of this week. Ryan, what do you got? Uh, so I want to throw out some stuff that I found uh, on the Football Outsiders football! website. Uh, so Football Outsiders, if you guys ever hear people say DVOA, um, nerds, that that is a stat that people really like. If you like kind of getting nerds, nerds, yeah. Um, well, they do. There's a lot of times with if you're trying to figure out something specific and you can't seem to find it on like ESPN or NFL, um, it's usually a good place to try. Yeah. Um, any of those like fringe stats, they also have their own made up stuff. But um, I wanted to look at the offense because of some of the stuff that we talked about in the first half of the show about just the way that they've been struggling. And sometimes, to me, it's like I I don't really know how to put that in into words or into numbers for you because. Uh, when you look at like NFL.com, I think one of the the flaws that you end up seeing is like the Chiefs are 18th in points per game. That's not offensive points scored. That's just scoring. Mm-hmm. So the Chiefs have four defensive touchdowns that are skewing that already. Um, and if we have, we don't have any special teams touchdowns. But um, I mean, you can see on NFL.com that yardage uh, we're 26th in offensive yards per game, 22nd in passing, and 20th in rushing. Like it's it's not great. But I wanted to look at uh, some some deeper, some deeper stuff, some dive stats, mm-hmm. drive stats. And we're down there. Here's we the are deep. Here's the quick disclaimer that we see on the website from Football Outsiders. Something is going on with their formula. And so they haven't been able to update their drive stats with week 9 or 10. This is only through the first 8 weeks. Mind you, weeks 9 and 10 were the incredible firepower that the Chiefs displayed against Jacksonville and Carolina. 3 of 27 on third downs last week. So, <laughs> so, so um, these numbers don't include two of the worst offensive games that the Chiefs have played so far this season. Um, and these are just the bad stats. All right, there are still some decent ones out there, but bad stats for the Chiefs' offense. Bad stats. We are twenty-first in touchdowns per drive. Okay, so we're not scoring very much. 
Gotcha. We are 25th in the NFL in the touchdown-to-field goal ratio. Kick a lot of field goals, yeah. Yep. We are 27th in points per trip to the red zone. Okay. That means that we're either, like, I don't know, getting kicked out of the red zone when we're in there, or just creeping in and then coming back out, or I don't know how it works, but we're not scoring when we get to the red zone. No, that's just points, I mean... Our touchdown or percentage is worse, number, I'll say that. Okay, we're we're number, kicking a lot of field goals in the red zone. Yeah, number of points in the red zone. A lot of dirty Hermans. I yeah, I don't think we're turning it over much. I think we're just kicking a lot of field goals. Yeah, we're 21st in touchdowns like in the red zone. Um, and as I mentioned... That's going to drop way lower, just to, just to warn you, when I take this deep down. <laughs> um, uh, as, as I did mention, the Chiefs with their, uh, their fumbling... So far this year, the Chiefs are 28th in the NFL in lost fumbles per drive. Okay. Only only four teams giving the ball away more, putting it on the ground more. Hmm. Okay. Um, aside from that, I've got I've got some wide receiver <laughs> stats. Aside from that, we're seven and two and sitting atop the AFC West. <laughs> exactly. So you know, um, I I've got just a quick thing for everybody to recognize because this is like kind of the perfect quantification of Andy Reid's offense. The Chiefs have five players that have between 325 and 450 receiving yards. Five <laughs> five guys. Five. Um, Macklin, uh, Kelsey, Conley, Tyreek, and Ware. There you go. Um, and I just... just uh, to Where's Demetrius Harris on that list? He's not, he's, he hasn't he has, got that far yet? He has 10 catches. And like six drops, um, I I do it's also being pretty generous, right? I I just just for for grins, we don't have to have this conversation. We can just quietly have it amongst ourselves, or you can you can think about it and get back to us. Yeah, just mute us for the tweet next. us at AHPKC. Um, Tyreek Hill on the season, thirty two catches for three hundred twenty three yards and four touchdowns. Jeremy Macklin on the season, thirty catches for three hundred seventy six yards and two touchdowns. Uh, they're they're pretty much in a dead heat right now. Um, Macklin has missed some time, but Reek has also missed some time, and probably I would almost say that Tyreek has played fewer offensive snaps than oh, definitely. definitely. So I mean, he was playing um, eight a game in the first couple weeks. Correct. Uh, so they're they're Tyreek's uh, real good. How about some more offensive futility? Chiefs 29th in third down offense. <laughs> 29th. Not surprised by that. Red zone touchdown percentage 30th hmm. in the NFL. Uh, the last three games, you ready for this? 18% touchdown percentage in the red zone. How many times do, do you have like a... No. 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 How many times have we been it's probably and, like and we got one touchdown? 18%, I'm guessing it's like 2 out of 12 right. is my guess. Uh, we were 12th in red zone touchdown percentage last season. Because you wanted you wanted a, some historical we kept, reference on that. We kept thinking that we were like really really good, and and I I guess I know we walked into this year just being like I don't care about short yardage. I'm not worried about it because we have Spencer Ware and Anthony Sherman, and we're just we're going to be good. Not, Did not I, that's how I felt. I was like I'm not worried about short yardage. We'll pick up every one. I'm not sure about that. Uh, you want some good stats? Are we ready for good stats? Um, well, how about this? Uh, against Carolina specifically, um, Alex throwing the ball 20 yards downfield, 0 of 6 with an interception and a drop. 
Yeah, I saw he was he was pretty good under underneath ten yards, which is basically <laughs> throwing four yard stop routes to Tyreek Hill. Yeah, that was uh And then that, let him let him eat. Um the the I guess the the one positive Chiefs offensive stat that I have is that Spencer Ware's back. Yeah. I mean they scored twenty straight points without an offensive touchdown. <laughs> so I don't know if that's real that might not that might not I don't be think a, that qualifies. No. Oh, Spencer Ware versus the number one defense in terms of yards per carry allowed, four point seven yards per carry. Uh, so Carolina was number one yards per carry. Yes. Okay. Cool. So uh, we did. We did. The running game looked better than it did against Jacksonville. I think. I think Spencer Ware is that much of an improvement over uh, the Sharkandrick West we saw, who might not have been. I still. I hundred percent. He's not healthy. And and we've talked about in the past the the Nile Davis thing where like. Now Davis isn't good when you give him like five or ten touches. He's good when he gets like twenty five carries. He gets better. Yeah. Um, so I had to. I don't know. I don't know what to do. I got one bad defensive stat: twenty sixth and third down defense, which we saw on display this week. I mean, they couldn't get off the field on third downs really. That was one. But of that's that's shocking, isn't it? I mean, you kind of. I think you said that two weeks yeah. ago or whatever. The last the last show that we did, I put oh, that one out there. Oh, okay. Um, just and that was just trying to the say periscope. Like, it was no, 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 not not so two weeks ago. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. two weeks ago. So it was, but that was me basically just trying to say like, listen, our offense sucks converting third downs, and our defense is giving them up. So if these things like play out for the rest of the year, like that could, it's you know, third downs they're really important. It's, I mean, it's it's everything. I mean, if you would ask me before the season, the Chiefs' offense is 29th in third downs, and the defense is 26th in third downs, I would say it would be a bad team. Yeah, we'd we be would, a bad team. We would not be seven and two. Do you want to know why we're a good team? Why? Chiefs lead the league in fourth quarters points allowed and second half points allowed. Chiefs lead the NFL in turnover differential, interceptions, interception return yards, interceptions for touchdowns, second in fumbles recovered. Oh, hey, I do have a good offensive stat. Are you ready? I'm ready. In the second half of games this year, we've only turned the ball over twice. That's cool. Okay. I mean, that's that's cool. Two two turnovers in all our turnover games. stats are are really good. Yeah, they're really they're really good. They're really good. Um, I did see the the actual points you were talking about rankings for the defense. The Chiefs have given up fifty seven in the second half of games this yes. year. Yeah, and they've scored a hundred and eighteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we're only averaging six points allowed on defense in the second half. Yeah, and so that that goes back to my my halftime adjustments. I'm take credit for that. Yep. No, what's, no, what's, no penalties. Are you making the adjustments? Well, no. I'm saying I'm just taking credit. Ryan's firing off these tweets at halftime, like we got to get out of man defense. We got to go to a cover three scheme. And I've, you know, call call my boy, my boy Bob up. And that was the end of that joke because okay. it wasn't very good. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just stopped. I just stopped. I didn't want to go any further. That's a great. That's that's my favorite stat of all the stats we just said. I call Bob. <laughs> Better call Bob. Yeah. Uh, I think that's all the stats. I got more stats, but I'm gonna I'm gonna save you all from them because we've given a, a lot, and these are nerdy. Right. Nerdy. Well, um. I th- I have I have two final stats. One, if you guys didn't see it, I think it was retweeted like ten thousand times. The Chiefs. Have as many wins when down by 17 points as the rest of the NFL combined this year, since we've done it twice. Okay, this is interesting. I still contend we're not good at it. 
I still contend that it's a weak yeah. house. And you're like, and it's and and it's still a problem. <laughs> I still I still don't think that people can call me crazy, but I still don't think the Chiefs can afford to get down two scores in games. I, and if we're going to be bailed out by pick sixes and stealing the ball away from from their mothers who won't give them groceries, <laughs> then so be it. But I'm yeah. still not buying in that this team can afford. And that was that was until the turnover started. Until Cam gave us the game, that was. The idea of why we can't get down two scores. Because our third down defense isn't good. They can move the ball methodically, which is good if you're up, not that good if you're down. So I think you saw, you got a glimpse of what it's like when the Chiefs are down multiple scores. But they've responded twice this season already, so, you know, you can call me any if you want. I'm, I'm, I'm standing on that ground. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a bow on our, our deep dive here with some uh, numbers on Marcus Peters' And I also want that to be a transition into talking a little bit about the defense. Oh. So uh, Marcus Peters has a takeaway in six of the nine games this year. That's insane. Yeah, I mean, I saw he didn't have an interception for the last three games, but he's had a fumble recovered in each each of the three games. Yeah. Um, so he has... He's like he's a magnet to the ball. <laughs> this season so far, he has 15 passes, pass deflections... Five picks, three fumble recoveries, and a forced fumble. I mean, like, you had mentioned that he he might... Well, actually, I think you said D Ford might be in consideration for play of the year. I oh, mean, earlier in the I podcast? Would, yes. I would, I would say that... I think Marcus Peters might be the leader right now. Yeah. Um, I think Vaughn Miller's reputation still... I'll say I'll say Peters is second right now. If, it, if voting into today, I'd say it goes Vaughn Miller... Oh, Vaughn Miller one, Marcus Peters two. Yeah. Blah. I mean, Marcus Peters was second-team All-Pro as a rookie and won NFL Rookie of the Year. He will, I mean, barring an injury or, I don't know, not making a play the rest of the season, like, he's going to be first-team All-Pro. He's yes. Marcus Peters is absolutely incredible. Confirmed. Uh, the, the other person, though, and I guess this can, this is uh, another stat, if you will, but We'll talk about D Ford a little bit because this dude is just D Ford is the truth, man. Truth. He's the truth. That dude has ten sacks. Like, and I know that they have. Like we had mentioned that they've come in bunches. I guess he has a sack in four straight games or something though now. Um, and I just, I just want to point out that you know we kept thinking like man if d can just like sort of get by like we still have tombo we'll be okay we just got to basically survive until justin gets back d ford has 10 sacks he's tied for the nfl lead chris jones is second on the team in sacks he has two <laughs> like i think we have 18 sacks and d has 10 of them yeah i mean he is he is carrying the pass rush and willing it to be what it is yeah uh, I mean, Tomba, man, I love you, buddy. Like it's he's about done. Yeah. Tomba's about done. Um, no shame in that. We've been we've no. been we've been hinting at it for three years now. We've I mean, been, it's kind of we've been hinting at the Jamal and Tomba downfalls for some time. I, mean, I think we finally reached that day. Amazed that he's been able to play at the level that he has like at this long yeah. you know he just has defied age and injury and, and he's still else. you can hate on the contract all you want uh i mean i think we backed into a corner with the houston injury and i think we kind of panicked and, and gave it to him 
and I think he helps out in ways that aren't measured. And I will contend that he's the he's, number one cheerleader on the team. Yes, number one, yes. and and so respected. Like people, yes. I don't I don't know if there's anybody that people like like more than. Tom. Yeah, I mean, I think if we're winning a Super Bowl, people are we're pointing at Tomba first. Like, let's win it for Tomba. That that, that kind yeah. of thing. I I love that the contributions that you're getting on defense right now. We talked about how uh, when when Dorsey and Andy Reid got here, there's only like eight guys or something that are left over from when they got here. The rest of the roster's been turned over. And I had mentioned like that I'm just so impressed with everything that they've done, and people are like, okay, well, it's not like the cupboard was bare. You know the the guys that he did inherit all the different all the Pro Bowls and everything else. Eight Pro Bowlers, right? Um, but we're talking about D Ford is leading the team in sacks, which no one saw coming. He's a third year player. Marcus Peters is one of the the best defensive backs in the entire NFL. He's a second year player. Chris Jones, our our top rookie. I mean, he's still not playing nearly as many snaps as, as you would think, even though, like, you know, he's, he started this week. You've got a guy in Rakeem Nunez Rochas that came in this week. He showed well. And, and like, he, he started because Alan Bailey is on injured reserve and Jay Howard is out. So, R&R comes in there. He played, like, 40-something snaps. He was an animal. That guy was a six-round pick. That's a guy that we were like, why Why are they keeping him around? And you, you've you let other players go, like a David Irving. Um, you know, other defensive line have gotten pushed out. Mike Catapano. Yeah. Um, players where we didn't, we weren't sure, and we thought it was maybe you're just keeping around your draft picks. But, like, there are some young players on this defense that seem to be carrying them. Oh, yeah. I think you're seeing the torch being passed at a lot of different positions. Uh our, our guy that, that sent us a, uh, that Tama painting, Corey04, he wanted to do like a, a painting of like the Chiefs Mount Rushmore. Really tough to come up with right now because there's so many torches being passed. I mean, do you, are you putting the old guys up there? Are you going like Tamba and DJ and... Jamal. And yeah, that Jamal. kind of thing. Or are they all handing the torch off to Spencer Ware and Marcus Peters and Chris Jones and, and Poe and Barry? Like there's a whole new younger generation that's taking over. And you're just seeing John Dorsey do a fantastic job and the the cover just being replenished. Like, we have lots of talent on this team right now. Like, like people said for a few years, like, Cincinnati was the most talented team, 2 through 53. I think most national pundits, if asked right now, would say the Chiefs are. Because those Bengals players got older and won in second contracts and, and they lost them in free agency. So now I think you're seeing the Chiefs with all those, that young talent in there right now. I could see that. That's actually a really great point. Um, I, I did see something the other day, and I don't have it in front of me, so you guys will have to just forgive me. Um, I'm spitballing here. But Peters has those 15 pass deflections that I mentioned. Steven Nelson has like 10. Um, something we talked a little bit about with Nelson was that he has a tendency to play the man and not the ball. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, it just seems like he's always right there. He's always right there, but never makes a play on it. Like, gives up the catch yeah. right on his hip. But seeing that, like, I mean, honestly, I think the last few weeks, like, Steve Nelson is, he's playing his tail off. He's And he's he's getting a ton of snaps. Made the game-winning play against Jacksonville. He's been, he's been very, very impressive recently. 
and and I don't think he's not going outside. It is almost exclusively in the nickel. Um, well, I mean, he still starts. So when we throw in base defense, he's outside. I guess that's true. Okay. Um, I want to. We had we someone had, we haven't talked about. What's that? Eric Berry. Yeah. Uh, three guys played every defensive snap on Sunday. Can you name them? Barry, probably not DJ. Nope. Uh, did Peters? Nope. Uh, Nelson? Nope. <laughs> D? Uh, yeah, D Ford. Every defensive snap. And Ron Parker? And Ron Parker. The strange three. We saw the Ron Parker corner experiment for a while. Yeah, I'm. I was just. Uh, it's it's great that he's so versatile. Man, he's just not a good corner. No, he's not. The, uh, the I mean, it's not a shot against him. I mean, he's a, he's a true safety at this point, you could say. But it's, it's great that he has that versatility. But it's man, his his coverage is really bad on that. Not one. not ideal. Yeah. yeah, it's. I think D Ford was the surprising one in there for me. I mean, Barry and Parker, your starting safeties, and when yeah. we go to nickel, they're still out there, obviously. Um, and I mean, when you're only playing That's Eric great. Murray like a few snaps, and you know we like we like going to the the nickel, the heavy nickel. When you end up adding Sorensen, like it's, I'm, I wasn't surprised by either of those two. But D Ford playing every snap, that might be the first game in his NFL career where he played every defensive snap. I would say that's accurate. Yeah. Uh, uh, Eric Berry. Yeah. Uh, best game of the season by far. Maybe his best game as a Chief. I thought he was everywhere. He might have sparked the Chiefs' comeback with. I might. <laughs> you probably think I'm talking about the pick six right now. Uh, he might have sparked it with his smackage of Cam. The, um, yeah, toward the end of that 20 play drive, it was Barry's big hit. And then, and then D Ford the, sack, and then Chris Jones sack. Yep. And if the Panthers get a field goal there, I contend the, the Panthers could have knelt it at that point. Eric Barry makes that good hit. I think they could have kneeled it the rest of the game and won that game. Probably. Yeah, I mean, because they. Because they kick a field goal, they go up three scores, and then you're just running clock at that point. Um, but Eric Berry was everywhere. His pick six, fantastic. Uh, I've been really hard on him all year, so i got to admit when he's had a great game. And it's I'm, I'm questioning a lot of talk this week about him giving a speech, being the captain of that team. I'm questioning once again how important that is to this defense and if it's worth paying him this offseason. Uh, it sounds like that's maybe what a number of people are doing, and I don't know if it was inside of the moment or what, but I mean, I saw plenty of folks on the timeline saying, like, just pay him. Just pay him. I don't care. Just give him the money. Yeah, problem with fans is they want to pay everybody. I guess that's true. They want to pay everybody. Everybody makes the Hall of Fame. Everything's a catch. Everybody gets paid. That's that's the fan motto. Everybody makes the Hall of Fame except for Pete Rose. Okay. <laughs> um, He'll make it as an announcer. He'll be fine. I, uh... I thought I thought Barry's interception was the play of the year, though, for the Chiefs. Uh, I mean, but all, all things considered, they they sure needed it. They sure needed it. I would think. I mean, it's it's that, and it's also like Alex's touchdown against San Diego to me, and overtime, like the game winner. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was that was just, uh, was a pretty special moment yeah. being there. I mean, it's a game winning play, but yeah. Uh, I guess I just. With Barry, um, I'm still on board. I'm I'm still leaning towards not paying him personally. But people are also throwing out the franchise tag a lot. Chiefs don't have a lot of money next year. That franchise tag is a cap killer. 
it'll be easier to sign either Poe or Barry long term than it will be to franchise them next year because our cap isn't in the greatest of situations next year. Well, they're going to roll over what they haven't spent this year, which I think is fairly significant. They'll roll that over. That could be. I saw a list that was like least amount of cap room going into next year, and I think we were third. Third and they fewest. haven't done like much maintenance on it yet, yep. and I mean, I, and I haven't I haven't deep dove into it too much yet, but yeah, and I don't I don't want to worry too much about the off season. I will tell but, you that um, you're right. It, it was definitely his best game of the season. Um, I mean, I'm not trying to be a dick, but you know, what is it? Week ten finally finally looks like the kind of player that deserves the money that he's being paid. Very valid. Um, so I, I mean, mean that's, that's why I've gone hardest on him. I was missing right. camp and everything. Uh, yeah, and it's so I mean, don't get me wrong. Like it's not like Barry's been bad this season. You know, I mean, obviously the defense has been good, uh, but that's the kind of game. And I know that you're not going to get games like that from people all the time. But like, let me put it to you this way: when I when I look at what I want, like my my safety to be especially if you're the highest paid player at your position in the NFL like I want you to be Marcus Peters yeah you know like that's I that's the kind of way that I want you to impact a football game and even if it's not Marcus Peters I want it to be like teams have to account for you on every single play and I don't know if teams have to do that with Eric Berry I mean they might make mental notes because of his name but I don't think it's necessarily because of the way that he plays I think that Barry affects the run a lot more than he affects the pass, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But I think that ultimately where you end up having to make like the valuation on him of how much is he worth to you, um, I know that it's almost like beating a dead horse because it's how much can he do in your locker room and how much can he do, you know, with your fan base and stuff like that versus, like, actual what does he do on the field and what is more valuable to you. But at a, at a position like safety, which I have said multiple times that, like, I just think safety sucks in the NFL. Like, just across the board, it's not good. The safety play is bad. So if Eric Berry is one of the best at a bad position and then he adds all of these extra things... I don't know that that necessarily should like boost his his dollar value, but at the very least, it could make a lot more sense about why you want to keep him. Yeah, I don't know if I would necessarily change my mind, um, but it's hard not to get sentimental. It's something when to watch. Won five games in a row. Yes. And he just had a great game, and exactly. so it's like exactly. Well, yeah. Keep in mind, I mean, this season probably ends in a playoff loss. Yeah, so things will be different then. Right. Right. Uh, uh, last point I got is the run defense. Uh, which we talked about a lot before the game. Um, stepped up huge. Carolina had the ninth-ranked running game. Jonathan Stewart went 13 for 39. Um, I got two run defense theories. Uh, I think we might just struggle to defend the run in nickel because I feel like Jacksonville really came out, spread the field, and then ran on us. It was very effective doing it. So I think that's a possibility. And I also think it's possible that the Chiefs get a lead... And then ease up on the run, allow the opponent to, uh, opponent to run, and chew that clock up while the Chiefs have the lead. And I think that might be contributing to their porous run defense. Because we saw them line up. I think if they're in a base, 
going against a good run offense there, I mean, they were they were stout. I mean, they were not getting run on on Sunday. And they were missing so two offensive I mean, linemen. They were missing their left tackle. Carolina, and their I mean, it's, but it's still the ninth-ranked run offense. I think those guys have been out for a while. I think the, yeah. their offensive line has been beat up right. all season. Yeah. Uh, but I guess Cam also boosts those running numbers, I guess you could say. Um, clearly, Jay Howard's the problem because he went out. Like, it's all run defense problems. <laughs> yeah. That's the third theory. Uh, uh, I, that's that's about. Yeah, and I'm I'm. I think it's possible our nickel de- run defense is bad. I mean, bringing Sorensen down on the box, you don't exactly see him as a run stuffer. I, mean, I like Dirty Dan. Yeah, he's played but, he's played valiantly, but I don't yeah. see him filling blocks and and making plays in the run game necessarily. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. there. Something to keep your eye on. Uh, it could it could very it could be a deliberate decision on their part. I I'm, I could I could I could buy into that. I might. Uh, I my my last thing uh, you had mentioned passing the torch and um, just don't don't shoot the the messenger. Vermeek Wilson played thirteen more snaps than Derek Johnson did on Sunday. He's he's banged up, um, and he is he is. Um, but I think everybody's starting to see a few things here and there. DJ's just he's slowing down. His body could be wearing. I mean, he's had a rough couple weeks, but he's been. I mean, he was injured before we saw this string of tough games, and yeah, you saw Vermeek. Stay on in passing downs over DJ. Something I don't even think we saw the two weeks prior. So I think. Well, I mean, not maybe not over DJ, but lest you forget the interception that Ramik Wilson had last week. <laughs> don't one, get me wrong; the it, one was, right it was thrown by Blake Bortles <laughs> directly to him. But I saw. I mean, on that very hit of Cam, it was Ramik Wilson that broke through the line and chased him down. I, stride for stride with Cam, so I thought that was the last couple weeks. Just can I? He's just, also a PFF uh, siphon, if that works there. Can I? PFF loves Ramikos. Can I just? Can I just? I know the last few weeks I've said I think Ramik looks pretty good, and you've said I'm not sure that I see it quite yet. How yeah. do you feel now? How do I feel? Uh, solid. He's solid in there. Yeah, looking looking better than you thought. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That's all I needed. That's all I needed. Uh, I hope, folks, that this is all that you needed from us. This has been Amateur Hour. I'm Ryan Scott Hall. He's his darkness. Joel Thurman runs Arrowhead Pride, where you're listening to this. Um, and, uh, you know, tell your mom that you really like this show and she should listen to it. Or your sister. Or your buddy at work. But not your daughter, because we support Tyreek Hill. <coughs> <laughs> all right. Uh... <laughs> Maybe that came off word. Uh, I'm not sorry about it. Uh, But, I I mean, you know, spread the word. You know Chiefs fans. You know people that like sports. Just just tell that guy. Tell that guy that you work with. Oh, you like the Chiefs? Dude, you should listen to this. You'll like it. Cool. Uh, This has been Chiefs. And uh, this is LCD Sound System with a song that I like to call Home. Actually, that's because that's the name of the song. But uh, (laughs) Oh, wow. The Chiefs are... That's what you like to call it, huh? Chiefs are back home at Arrowhead where they haven't lost in... Over a calendar year, uh, what, what, 10 straight at Arrowhead? Don't know. I think it's 10 straight or 11 straight. We're playing uh, not-so-famous Jameis. Fitty Sack coming back. Is he going to play? Uh, play on Sunday? We're keeping our eye on that two seed. The AFC West, the race is as good as it gets. As good as any division in NFL history, uh, which is super fun. All these games are going to be in prime time. Watch them Raiders. Watch them Broncos. Cheer against them. I mean, this is going to be... An awesome final stretch. Can I? Just these three teams going like, like, one of the, some of the best rivals, I'm, and we're all really good, and we're all we've only played. There's only been two games between the teams, so 
Lots to come. I am so nervous and so uncomfortable about going to the Raiders game. <laughs> I'm like... Because we got like, bad juju? I'm just like... It's just like... It's Thursday night and it's the Raiders and I just like... Ugh, like, we know that the Raiders are... I mean, they're... They can't be bad. They're 7-2. I get it. Like, maybe they've played bad teams, but, like, we've had to make that argument for the Chiefs before. Like, the Raiders are 7-2. Okay? The worst that... Well, I mean, they could... They could still not go 500. I get it. Sully would tell you that they're not going to go 500 this year. <laughs> um, but... Uh, I told you they'd go 12-4 before the year. I'm nervous, man. I'm, I'm, like, teetering on the edge of, like, take somebody else. But, then, but 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 then it's like, but then it's like, did I would I drinks it by not going? Just go, man. Just go. Just go. It'll be fine. I know. I want to beat them so bad. We got we got some jersey swaps as we're musicing out. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Hardy Tampa Nickerson. Bay. Damn it! <laughs> Ronnie Barber. I did not prepare, so. Uh, I didn't either. Mike Allstott. I could see that. Um, Heath shoot. No, not Heath shoot. I like working. Oh man. McCardell was on that team too. I know you're McCardell, right. second second jersey swap. Keyshawn. Did you see did you see Sharkandrick and Spencer Ware swap jerseys with each other? Did they? Yeah. Awesome. They were like redefining the jersey swap. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> I, um, I picture it like Sharkandrick's walking around after the game with his jersey, just like can't find anyone to exchange it with. Um, I mean I think that if you look at like that Bucks team that won the Super Bowl, I mean there, there are a bunch of guys. That Joe like, Juravicious. I mean, you've got Sheldon Quarles. You've got, uh, <laughs> I mean, Derek Brooks is honestly like one of my favorite players I've ever watched. That guy was unbelievable. Yeah. Um, but, I, I mean, I'm not a John Lynch guy. Uh, not, who's who, who won MVP in that? Some weird defensive back that signed with the Raiders and didn't really play ever? Dexter Jackson. There you go. There you go. And he goes, we're all, super, we're all poorest Super Bowl MVPs go to the Raiders. Um, work done was great. I mean, I don't want to brag. Dude, when the, when the Buccaneers first switched jerseys, like I, right now I appreciate Bucky Bruce more than like the current jersey. Uh-huh. But when they first switched jerseys, I was like, Tampa Bay was my team, my, my second team. Right. And it was like, was, so Dilford was there, work done was just coming on, Mike Allstott. I had a work done jersey growing up, even though we went to Florida State. Uh, I do remember Chris Berman referring to them after they changed their uniforms to the, it was like the plundering pirates in pewter pants <laughs> back in the, the real primetime days, yeah. uh, which I love that. The, the pewter pants. They do still have a, uh, I was going to say spaceship in their stadium. They still have a pirate ship in their stadium. It's a weird thing. But, how many, I mean, what's the, what's the score on Sunday? I think a lot of people think it's it's a quote unquote get right game for the Chiefs because of how ugly they've played the last couple weeks. I mean, Jameis has a penchant for throwing picks. We've got a penchant for making picks. And their run defense is terrible. And I saw their offensive line is really banged out. It's one of those games that you can't let them hang around though. Like I would like to see Kansas City go out and win like thirty-five to ten, like the way that Dallas beat Cleveland a couple weeks ago. It's yeah. a business game. As, business as, trip. Yeah, it's a business trip. Only, only pack one bag, but we where Should we talk about Jameis Winston's play of the year on Sunday? That was so when I declared that I'm so still on Team Jameis Winston before he starts scrambling backwards 20 yards into the end zone. Like, didn't they say he had the ball for 10 seconds and he ran for like 50 yards or something? <laughs> Held the ball for 10 or 12 seconds. <laughs> I think it was 12. I think it was 12 seconds. 
from Snap yeah. the Throw. That's amazing. It was so long that I declared my love for Jameis Winston before the play, and then one of you guys questioned me while he was scrambling back, and then I reaffirmed it <laughs> after he completed the pass. <laughs> Try that against D. <laughs> D gotcha. Hey, I really enjoyed that. Congratulations, honey. You were great. <laughs>